We're only through one day of playoff action, but the Western Conference has wasted no time in terms of turning on the dramatics. On today's episode, we'll talk about Stars Wild, we'll talk about Kings Oilers, and we'll look ahead to tonight's games, Colorado, Seattle, and Golden Knights Jets. All of this and more coming up on today's episode of Locked On NHL. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi and hello, hockey fans. Welcome back to the Locked On NHL Podcast Western Conference Tuesdays. And I'm your host, Dane Lewis, riding solo today. No Brett, he's traveling, but he will be back next week here to discuss more playoff action here in the Western Conference. Thank you so much for joining us today on Locked On NHL, for making us your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more and visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And we have a ton to discuss on today's episode. The Stanley Cup playoffs are finally here, and it, it was clearly uh, more entertaining on the Western side of the bracket on Monday night. The Eastern Conference games, the teams that were expected to win, won those games, whereas you could say in the Western Conference, we saw two upsets, the three seeds in the Central and Pacific Division. The road teams win both games, and both matchups require overtime Hockey doesn't get much better than this. Two entertaining games and two series between the Kings and Oilers and the Stars and Wild that likely are going to need six or seven games in order to determine a winner to see who will be advancing to the next round of the greatest tournament in sports. And we'll go ahead and we'll start out on the Pacific and talk about the Oilers and the Kings because rumor has it that Stars-Wild game is actually still going on and has not ended Philip Gustafson and Jake Gottinger continuing to block shots uh, that that game started before Kings Oilers and ended after Kings Oilers ended so we'll go ahead and start out west uh, or more out west if you will in Edmonton the Oilers and the Kings a rematch of last year's first round series an incredible series last season and it looks like it's going to be another absolute heater this time around, the Oilers jump out to an early 2-0 lead in the first period, courtesy of Leon Dreisaitl and Evan Bouchard. Looked like they were in the driver's seat for the majority of the game. No goals in the second period, but the Oilers looked comfortable through the early and middle stages of this game, getting production from the guys you expect to be producing. Of course, Leon Dreisaitl, the Kings focusing nearly all their defensive efforts to Connor McDavid, when he's out there on the ice, they keep McDavid off the score sheet, which is pretty impressive, especially in the postseason. You would expect McDavid to be a lot more active, although he did record five shots on goals, three hits, a blocked shot, uh, and 25 minutes of ice time for number 97. And Stuart Skinner making his Stanley Cup playoff debut, and he didn't he didn't look too bad. He he looked pretty sharp through the majority of this game. And then the Kings finally started to get a little bit of pressure on him in the late stages of the matchup. Adrian Kempe goes on hat trick watch with Leon Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl gets his second goal of the game in the third period. 
Adrian Kempe gets two in the third to help get the Kings' momentum started offensively. Then it's Anji Kopitar who ties the game and forces overtime on the power play. A huge moment for the LA Kings, who, again, really just looked like the underdog throughout the entirety of this matchup. And it seemed up until the third period that the Oilers, it might not be a blowout win, but it seemed like they were set to cruise to a victory in game one. But you have to give a ton of credit to the Los Angeles Kings for continuing to fight and stealing this first game uh, on the road in one of the toughest environments in the league up in Edmonton. That building was absolutely rocking, especially after those first two goals from Dreisaitl and Bouchard. And, and again, you have to give credit to Stuart Skinner as well, who I think looked pretty sharp, but obviously there's still some more to be done. But you, it's hard to expect perfection from such a young goalie in his first game in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, of course, the overtime hero, Alex Ayafalo, who had a very good defensive game. He finds himself in a really nice position and gets the game-winning goal in overtime to put the Kings up 1-0 in the series. And going into this postseason, this was, was a series that I had circled in the Western Conference bracket, whereas last year it was kind of overlooked for me personally uh, going into the postseason just because there were so many other tantalizing matchups, and especially even for myself, uh, and even this year, you know, I'm always so focused on the Stars as host of the Locked on Stars podcast as well. But but now, given what we know about these teams, you know, the history they have last year, and the moves that both teams have made within the past 12 months to, to position themselves to be a cup contender, I mean, this is going to be a phenomenal series. You throw in the, the hatred and the division rivalry aspect of it, but then both teams have been incredibly active in terms of trades, free agency, uh, the deadline this year, and even in the offseason. I know the Kings are without Kevin Fiala right now, but they made moves at this year's deadline. They have some changes in goal. Jonas Corposalo saves 37 of 40 shots on net. I I've heard a lot of people say, and I think that there is some merit to it, the winner of this series could very well be the Western Conference representative in the Stanley Cup Finals. Both of these teams are, are so good. They're so deep. They have depth at the forward and defenseman position. And whoever gets eliminated, and that's always just kind of how it is with these two and three seed matchups, just way, with the way the playoffs are formatted, you, you lose a, a truly great team in the first round of the playoffs. I, th I think it's going to be the same with the Wild and the Stars. I think both of those teams have the opportunity to make a deep run, but one of them is going to have their playoffs run cut short just like one of these King teams in L.A. Uh, and Edmonton are also going to have their season cut short when they very well uh, could make it all the way to the final round of the postseason. But an incredible game, an incredible start to this series. It went to seven games last year, and it looks like we are destined to head to seven games yet again here in 2023. But I expect the Oilers to come out on fire on Wednesday night for game two, I expect Connor McDavid to be a lot more active in the score sheet. I think that he'll probably score at least one. Uh, if you're going to place a bet on that game, I would look for a Connor McDavid goal at any moment in the game. It just seems like an inevitability. But you also know the Kings are also going to be pedaled to the metal to see if they can get that 2-0 lead before returning to Los Angeles for the second half of the series. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the other Western Conference playoff matchup that started on Monday night. We'll talk about Stars and Wild 
right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. And there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. I want to thank you again for making the Locked On NHL podcast your first listen every single day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, host of Locked On Stars and co-host here at Locked On NHL Western Conference Tuesdays. Again, Brett Holden of Locked On Oilers, normally here as well, but he's traveling out today. We'll be back next week to talk about these juicy playoff matchups. We talked about Kings Oilers. We had another Game that required overtime on Monday night out west, all the way deep in the heart of Texas, the Stars and the Wild going head-to-head in the postseason. And this was everything you expected to happen in this game and in this series. We got on Monday night big goals from big-time players Kirill Kaprizov and Jason Robertson both score a goal in this game. And also some incredible goaltending from both sides, Jake Ottinger, We all know what he did last year against the Calgary Flames, his Stanley Cup playoff debut, and he did not skip a beat. He saves 45 of 48 shots. Absolutely spectacular performance from him. And also got to give a ton of credit to Philip Gustafson making his Stanley Cup playoffs debut, saving 51 of 53 shots. Both players just did not blink. They looked unfazed. They looked calm, poised, collected, saving everything that seemingly everything that came their way and really the weakness of both players came on the special teams with both goalies giving up one power play goal Philip Gustafson actually giving up his only two surrendered goals on the Stars power play Rope Hints and Jason Robertson but it wasn't just the scoring this game had everything you'd expect from a playoff matchup plenty of physicality the Stars racking up 50 hits to the Minnesota Wilds 42 and this game also had some controversy some dirty hits uh, from both sides on the other team's key players. Matt Dumba just absolutely destroys Joe Pavelski while the puck is sliding away from the play. Joe Pavelski falls to the ice. A very scary situation in Dallas. Pavelski doesn't really move for a little bit, eventually does get up and is helped off the ice by athletic trainers and some of his teammates, but very clearly did not look like himself. And the report is that he, he's fine in terms of he was able to get himself home. But Stars head coach Pete DeBoer is not optimistic that Pavelski will play in game two. And I can't imagine that he that he's coming back anytime soon. It would not surprise me at all if we don't see Joe Pavelski for the rest of this series. Wishing him the best in recovery. But just an uncalled for hit on wild defenseman Matt Dumba. But also defenseman Ryan Suter for the Dallas Stars throws a pretty dirty cross-check on Kirill Kaprizov in the third period that goes uncalled. Both of these hits go uncalled, and no penalties are assessed for the actions. Kirill Kaprizov, but did get right back up and did not have to leave the game. Feels a little bit different, but certainly was a penalty-deserving play from Ryan Suter, but that's just how how these series tend to go. You get these big hits, you get 
calls that normally in the regular season probably get called, but we all know in the Stanley Cup playoffs, the refs can have a tendency to swallow their whistles for better or for worse. And it's really for worse when it comes to player safety as both players. And obviously Pavelski took the tougher end of the stick. Uh, not not a great situation, but no love lost between these two teams. You would expect it with players like Matt Dumba, but even on the wild side, they have Ryan Reeves and so many other big physical players. And the Stars have those too, but they, they weren't really showing that physicality side. And they definitely looked shaken up as a team after that hit on Pavelski. Newcomer Max Domi, who the Stars picked up at the trade deadline, did drop the gloves and start to he, I mean, he went after Matt Dumba, really just took him down to the ground. He gets removed from the game for a little bit with the game misconduct, so he misses a lengthy amount of time, but eventually does come back. But you didn't really see too much else. Obviously, there were 50 hits, like I said, recorded by the Dallas Stars in this game, but not too much headhunting going on, which if you've watched the Dallas Stars all season, you've kind of seen that that's what they do. Jamie Mann will get his hands dirty every now and then, but this isn't a team that's going to really play into the, the, the physicality side of things in, in terms of trying to, to hit players. I, I think they're a team that very much is focused on going out to win the game. And I think that they, that that's what they will continue to focus on in this series. Uh, and I know I'm going to sound biased because I cover the stars, but I think across the board, this stars team is better in terms of personnel on the roster. So I think they should stick to that and do what they can to avoid the antics of these Minnesota wild players guys that aren't necessarily going to produce a lot of offensive numbers, but are out there to lay big hits and try to get under the skin of the opposition. And so it makes for a really intriguing matchup because the Stars have a lot of skill and finesse guys, while the Wild tend to be a, a little bit more, uh, you know, nitty gritty type team uh, from at least what I've seen this season and especially through game one of this first round series. But plenty of newcomers in this series as well with some pretty impressive first-time Stanley Cup playoff performances. On Minnesota's side, you see Brock Faber, who just, what, a few weeks ago was playing NCAA hockey at the University of Minnesota. He makes, I think this was, what, his third career NHL game, and it was in the Stanley Cup playoffs in an opposing building. He makes some really nice plays. Actually made a key save during one of the overtime periods late in the game, laying out his body and blocking a Mason Marchment shot with his stick that if he doesn't get that stick there, that puck is 100% going past Philip Gustafson and the Stars win game one of this series. But even on the Dallas side, some nice debuts as well. Stars rookie Wyatt Johnston doesn't record a goal, but plays a very solid game for a 19-year-old kid. Seven shots on goal, three hits recorded, 26 minutes, 18 seconds of time on ice. Wyatt Johnston, who was an absolute monster in the OHL, has been an absolute monster in the NHL this year, 24 goals scored in the regular season, showing no signs of fear in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And Thomas Harley, who does have a little bit of Stanley Cup playoff experience with the Dallas Stars, uh, but really now in a full-time top six uh, defenseman role, or I guess more, more top four defenseman pairing role with the Stars. He skates for 23 minutes and 51 seconds and played a pretty solid game, and the Stars really do need him to take a lot more responsibility because Miro Haskinen was doing a lot for this team, 41 minutes of ice time for Haskinen, but you can't have him be the only catalyst on offense. You need a different defenseman to step up. And just like Kings Oilers, I expect this series, Stars and Wild, to go at least six, seven games. Going to be intense back and forth. Whoever gets out of this series is going to have plenty of battle scars and stitches to show 
for their efforts. And it's going to be thrilling to see how the Stars respond on Wednesday night, trying to defend home ice and even the series before heading up to St. Paul for games three and four. We're going to take one more quick break, but when we come back, we'll look ahead to tonight's games. We got the Vegas Golden Knights, the Winnipeg Jets going head to head, as well as the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche looking to start their cup defense in the postseason against the newest member of the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Seattle Kraken. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Athletic Greens and their product, AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every day to take great care of yourself. And right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, everybody, closing out today's episode of Locked On NHL, third and final segment. And we're looking ahead to tonight's matchups, uh, the two series that have yet to begin, but they should be interesting series to say the least. I don't know if I'm as excited for these matchups, at least initially, maybe after game one, uh, I'll be proven wrong, but I have my expectations for these series and, and I think that they will come to fruition, but there's still plenty to discuss the Vegas golden Knights, the number one seed, not just in the Pacific division, but in the entire Western conference after missing last postseason uh, for the first time in their existence, they welcome the Winnipeg Jets to town. The Winnipeg Jets, such a, an interesting team, a team that myself and many others didn't really expect to do a ton this season. Uh, what the St. Louis Blues were this year in the regular season is kind of what I expected from the Winnipeg Jets. It really just reversed those roles. I expected each team to do what the other uh, is doing. But yet here the Winnipeg Jets are in the postseason uh, for, you know, for better or for worse, kind of making it in by the skin of their teeth. They were in the top three in the central for so long. Things kind of start to fall off a little bit at the end, but they find a way to get in. They're riding their hot goalie, one of the best goalies in the NHL and Connor Hellebuck. And if you ask me that that's really the X factor for this Jets squad, that this series will ebb and flow for the Jets, wherever Connor Hellebuck is able to take them. And I think that, that the Jets have a clear advantage in net. The, the Golden Knights have dealt with an onslaught of injuries in the crease this season, and they've gotten some good performances from guys like Jonathan Quick, who's come over uh, at the trade deadline. Laurent Brossois uh, has had some nice moments as well. But we know what Connor Hellebuck can do. He's a Vesna Trophy winning goalie. He's been one of the best in the league this season, and he's the kind of guy that can steal games for you and can certainly steal series for you, although he will definitely have his hands full in this game against a stacked Vegas Golden Knights squad uh, with guys like Jack Eichel, who it feels weird saying that he's making his Stanley Cup playoff debut, but, I mean, that's that's 
the reality of it, not making it in Buffalo. Uh, and then, of course, the Golden Knights not making it last year after he joined the team and was able to play. But it's not just Jack Eichel. Plenty of other talented players as well. Chandler Stevenson, Alex Petrangelo, uh, Ivan Barbashev, who the, the, the Golden Knights went out and got at the deadline from the Blues, William Carlson, Phil Kessel, NHL veteran Jonathan Marcia. So on and on and on. This is a deep Vegas Golden Knights team, and they are certainly out to prove that they belong amongst the elite in the NHL after missing out on last year's dance. And, and I mean, it's going to take everything the Winnipeg Jets have in order to win this game. If if the Jets win, or series rather, if the Jets are going to win this series, it's probably going to take the full seven games. Whereas if the Golden Knights win, and I think they will, I see this series Golden Knights in five. I think the Jets maybe are able to steal game three or four at home behind a Herculean effort from uh, Connor Hellebuck. And maybe they're able to steal a second game, maybe, just maybe. But despite the efforts of guys like Josh Morrissey, Mark Scheifele, I just don't see it happening. And, and it's interesting, and I think I could be proven wrong because this kind of seems like the last hurrah for this Winnipeg Jets core of Morrissey, Scheifele, uh, Kyle Connor, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Blake Wheeler, a lot of these guys, it seems like this Jets team is going to look drastically different next year uh, through moves in the offseason. So this feels like we're going to see this is the last uh, of this era of Jets hockey that we are going to see. So I, I expect them to, if they are going to go down, which again, I do expect, I expect them to go down with a fight. So here's to hoping that this series is entertaining, but I think the Golden Knights are far too talented, again, except for in the crease. But Connor Hellebuck, as good as he is, he might steal a game or two. He can only get you so far. And I think I think the Golden Knights have the depth despite some injuries. I think they do have some pretty good depth otherwise throughout the roster to get the job done here in the first round. But that's not the only matchup that we have tonight. We also have the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche back in first in the Central Division, like everyone predicted, but certainly not a conventional uh, method for getting there. They are in action tonight against the Seattle Kraken, who will be playing in the Stanley Cup playoffs for the first time in their franchise's existence in year two. Uh, an awful first season for the Kraken as an expansion franchise, a lottery team, but then they flip the script and they have a fantastic year and they find themselves in the big dance, but they are tasked with going up against Goliath, going up against the team, looking to defend their title, which is easier said than done. And, and this Colorado team, as good as they are, certainly do have some holes uh, on their team and a lot of that having to do with injuries. Let's start on the Colorado side. Of course, they have some of the usual spec suspects who are alive and well kicking right now. You have, uh, of course, Nathan McKinnon. Uh, you have Kale McCarr as well. I mean, you, you have to talk about Kale McCarr if you're going to talk about this uh, Colorado Avalanche team, the Conn Smythe Trophy winner in last year's playoffs, the Norris Trophy winner last year. He's going to be looking to do a lot of damage, but for me, it's really on the forward, the forward side of things. Uh, that the Colorado Avalanche are an absolutely terrifying team. Miko Rantanen, Evan Rodriguez, uh, Val Nachushkin, of course I mentioned Nathan McKinnon, but even guys like Arturi Lekkinen, a really nice pickup at last year's deadline for the Avalanche, and he's still an effective player this year. All of this without their captain, Gabe Landeskog, who we know we aren't going to see in the playoffs, still working to get back from his injury that he sustained during last year's postseason run. And, and I think that that's going to be a big deal for this Avalanche team. He's clearly still going to be around the team, going to be in the locker room with his guys. But 
I mean, it, it's got to be a big blow to that team to not have their captain out there on the ice with them. And, and of course, that's not something that, you know, uh, Gabe Landeskog can control. If he had it his way, he would 100% be out there with his guys playing in these, in these playoffs and in this postseason. Uh, but they're going to have to settle for him not being in skates and pads uh, and supporting from the press box. But they also have some pretty solid goaltending as well. Alexander Georgiev, who comes over from the Rangers in the summer, has a phenomenal season, his first season in Colorado with the Avs, and he has been everything they needed in net, one of the best goalies in the NHL. And it's a it's a good team. I don't think this is as intimidating as a team as it was last year for Colorado because now they're without Landeskog, they're without uh, Nazem Kadri and a few other players as well. Guys like uh, or Andre Burakovsky, who was on the Avalanche last year, now on the Seattle Kraken. It's a different team, but it's still a very good team. And I feel like the Seattle Kraken might be a little bit overmatched, but I am curious to see how they match up against this Colorado team. Certainly no shortage of talent in the forward group. Matty Beneers, the likely Calder Trophy winner for the Kraken, uh, but it's not just him. Plenty of other really gifted players as well. Jared McCann, uh, Ryan Donato, Jordan Eberly. I mean, they they certainly have the offensive talent. Ellie Tolvanen, who comes over from Nashville in the middle of the season and kind of has a rejuvenation. He's looked really good. Vince Dunn on the defensive side. Jamie Alexiak, a personal favorite of mine as a former Dallas star. This team has pieces, but my big fear, my big, big fear for the Seattle Kraken team comes in the net. Martin Jones and Philip Grubauer, if you look at their numbers, they have not had the best seasons. If the Kraken are winning games, it's because their offense catches fire and they're scoring four or five goals in a game, but they're also likely giving up three or four goals on the other end of the ice. And I think similar to the Vegas and Winnipeg series, I think this one also comes down to goaltending, and Alexander Georgiev has been much more proven than either of the guys on the Seattle goalie tandem, and, and I think that, that that's going to be part of the difference, and I also just think this Kraken team has a lot of players who don't have a ton of Stanley Cup playoff experience. Veneers, Great rookie season. I think he can make an impact in this series. But, I mean, he's going to have to be one of the best guys for this team. And I just don't know if that's a good spot for this Kraken squad to be in where they're having to lean on such a young player to kind of be one of the big leaders uh, going up against the defending Stanley Cup champions. Like, you have Wyatt Johnston in Dallas, 19 years old, who's also has expectations placed upon him, but he's not expected to be the guy. You know, Jason Robertson is expected to be the guy. Rope Hintz. Uh, Jamie Ben Joe or Tyler Sagan, whereas Beneers, it's really guys like him uh, and Everly and McCann. Like it, the 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 list of the guys that need to be the guy in Seattle, um, Beneers is pretty high up there. And I just don't know if that's where they want to be. I do expect them to play hard. I'm sure they're excited to be in the playoffs. Those for, those two home games that are, Seattle is guaranteed to get uh, for games three and four, I expect that to be an absolutely electric atmosphere. In Seattle, I hope that they're able to win at least one game, if not two, and make things interesting because uh, I think that fan base is going to be excited. These players also excited to take such a big leap from year one to year two, but I, I just don't see the defending Stanley Cup champions going out in the first round to Seattle. But uh, again, I, I, my expectations for these series, the, the Golden Knights and uh, with Jets and Avalanche and Kraken, they're a little bit low in terms of the entertainment value from the way I see it. But I would love to be proven wrong. I would love to get two more overtime games tonight, just like we saw on Monday. But I'll go ahead and say Golden Knights in five, and I'll say Avalanche in five as well against the Seattle Kraken. And, and I mean, we're just now getting started. We got to strap in. It's playoff hockey, the best time of the year. 
But that is going to do it for today's episode of Locked On NHL. Thank you so much again for tuning in and making us your first listen every single day. Be sure to subscribe to the show. Follow the show uh, wherever you watch or listen. We're always free and available no matter how you choose to consume the show. And if you want to find more information on me and my social media presence, you can follow me at Dane double underscore Lewis. If you're interested in anything Dallas Stars related, be sure to check out the Locked On Dallas Stars podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts at. Uh, and thank you guys again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week on Tuesday. Brett Holden will be back and we'll have plenty of more playoff action to discuss as some of these series will have picked up quite a bit and we'll be three or four games in to each of these matchups. But I hope you guys have a fantastic Tuesday. Take care of yourselves and we'll catch you next time.